Almighty Father, as we're in your presence today, we ask that you will pour out your Spirit on our lives. Lord, though we live on the earth, we know our home is in heaven. We're citizens of heaven. May the culture of heaven be our culture. Lord, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're strangers. Lord, help us not to be friends with the things of this world that's passing away, broken and fallen. But let us be friends with the kingdom of God that comes from heaven. Lord, we are citizens from heaven. Angels are our friends, not demons. The Holy Spirit is our friend. God is our Father. Oh God, help our minds to be set on things that are above where you are, where hope is, where freedom is, where provision is. It's all where you are. Oh Lord, we lift our heads to you. We lift our hearts to you, our minds to you, our spirits to you. And we connect with the flow of the Holy Spirit that's being poured out from heaven as we speak. We're so grateful that you came, Lord. The Master said, it's better that I go away. Because when I go away, I will send the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And he will be with you and he will be in you and he will guide you and he will empower you. Come into our lives afresh this evening, Holy Spirit. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives. Lord, let, let us be heaven carriers, carrying the culture and the power and the grace and the mercy and the peace and the healing that comes from heaven. Let there be Jacob's ladder in this place today with its top in heaven and its bottom in our lives and angels descending and ascending with the power of God and the glory of God. We take authority in the spiritual realm. We bind every work of the enemy. Every word of the enemy we silence. We decree the kingdom of God in this place tonight. We proclaim the kingdom of God in people's bodies and hearts and minds tonight. We ask for a spiritual transaction. A spiritual transaction. Lord, 2,000 years ago there was a spiritual transaction. You took our sins. You took our failings. You took our fallenness. You took our sickness. And you took it on the cross. And in return, by faith in the Spirit, you have given us righteousness. You have given us holiness. You have given us wholeness. You have given us healing. You have taken our poverty and promised us prosperity. Not for selfish gain but provision for our lives in the kingdom. There's no lack in heaven. May there be no lack in our lives. No lack of grace, no lack of mercy flowing through us. No lack of joy, no lack of peace, no lack of prayer and intimacy. 
no lack of finances no lack of understanding and revelation let there be no lack in our lives take off every curse that the enemy would try and put on us all the negativity of the world that tries to invade our minds and our lives and pollute us and infect us we resist the devil and submit to you let us see his backside running away tonight we pray let him go in the name of Jesus Satan take your hands off your off God's people tonight in all your manifestations Lucifer in your lying and oppressing in your sickness in your depressing activities in our lives we rebuke you Lord let the anointing of deliverance be in the house tonight right where we are just send an anointing of deliverance and deliver your people from this present evil age deliver us from the influences that hold us down deliver us from the wickedness that seeks to anchor us on the earth Lord we remember who we are tonight we remember who we are in you in you we are sons and daughters of the living God let your glory fall let your glory fall in this place today Lord all of our days are in your hands 2014 is in your hands you're the Lord of glory you're the Lord this is your year this is your creation you are in control we proclaim your control and your Lordship over our lives over our church over our city and our nation Jesus you are Lord you are master you are God you are healer you are Savior you are baptizer in the Holy Spirit you are deliverer you are leader and helper and guide you are the son of the living God all things come from you all things are owned by you and you're taking back your world for the Father the kingdom of God is advancing the kingdom of God is advancing in our lives and in this world and we pray Lord more of your power more authority we ask that you will raise up men and women of authority in these days that will use that authority not for their own selfish gain but will use it for the extension of your kingdom the extension and proclamation of the gospel Jesus has died and rose again and sits at the right hand of the Father raise us up let there be new endowments of power fresh anointings fresh miracles oh but God do a work in our heart that we might carry such power do a work in our heart that we might be worthy to carry the power that you're wanting to pour out in these days raise up a humble people a people of brokenness which is wholeness before you a people of dependency a people of prayer a people of service the son of man came not to rule but to serve God you're looking for childlike faith the greatest of us shall be the most servant of us oh stir things in the spirit Lord 
stir things in your people's hearts. Lord, our hearts, who can understand them? They're deceitful above all things. But God, by your word and your spirit, you can set things right in our lives. God, show us the specks in our eyes. May we turn from the planks in other people's eyes. And may you reveal the blind spots that are preventing us from moving in greater anointings. Show us that which is preventing us from spiritual promotion. The works of the flesh, pride. The works of... The works in our lives of offense, defensiveness. You're looking for a people that will yield that will yield to the Father and to the Spirit and serve their fellow man. We present ourselves to you tonight. Open the heavens and pour out a blessing. Open the heavens and touch our lives. We need a fresh experience of you, a fresh experience in our lives. Yesterday's anointing is stale. We need today's anointing, today's refreshing. We need guiding. We need your presence. We need your calling on your, our lives and your drawing of your spirit to the Lord. Holy Spirit, mold us. Mold us. May we not be hard as clay. But may we soften ourselves, soften our hearts to you that you might be able to mold us and make us. Lord, we want to be clay in the potter's hand. We don't want to be hard clay, dry clay that the potter can do nothing with but break. We want to be soft. We want soft hearts. Soft hearts before the Father's hands that He might mould us. That He might mould us and change us. We need some change, Lord. Because where we are right now is not going to do the job. We need a moulding. We need a making. We need a work of the Spirit in our lives and our wills and our hearts. We need the divine influences of You, Holy Spirit. Give us divine influences. Divine influences. Not just understanding, but divine influences in our will that will cause us to become attracted to the things of God and repelled from the things of this world. Cause there to be a work of the Spirit in our lives. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to do a great work in our lives. We know what we're praying tonight. These are not vain or religious words that are coming from our hearts. We believe you're leading us in prayer. We're asking you, Lord Holy Spirit, and this prayer will not be forgotten tomorrow. We're asking you in our lives to do a great work, to come into our hearts and to do a great work. We don't want to be left as we are, where we are, we want to be changed. We're asking you to turn the thermostat up in our spiritual temperature in our lives. 
Turn up the temperature. Turn it up. May it not be lukewarm. May it not be cold. May it not be tepid. We're asking you to turn up the thermostats in our lives, Holy Spirit. Make us boil with the glory of God and the fire. Set a fire under us, Lord. Send your fire into our lives, the fire of your glory, the fire of your passion. It's got to come from you, Lord. It can't come from the flesh. It can't come from human means. We're seeking divine means to come into our lives, supernatural means, spiritual means. Make us a people worthy of the name Christian. Make us a people worthy of the name followers of Christ. Make us people, make us worthy disciples to follow the Master. More grace and more mercy. That'll do the job, Lord. The working of the Spirit and more grace, more mercy. Have mercy on us, Lord. Pardon and deliver us from all our sins and send grace. We know we don't deserve anything. We throw ourselves at your throne. We're asking for an intervention of grace in our life and circumstances. A grace that will amaze. A grace that will engender wonder to come out of our lives. Praise and thanksgiving. Give your people an encounter, Lord. Give them an encounter of grace and mercy and love that will change their lives forever. Lord, you're so beautiful. Reveal your beauty to us. Lord, you're so wonderful. Open our eyes to your wonders. Lord, you've got a perfect plan for us. You're calling us into your presence. You're whispering to us, come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You are whispering to us, take my yoke, for it is easy. My burden is light. Lord, we worship you as you mold us. Wonderful Savior, I know for sure all of my days are Yeah. Hey.
suffering at the moment from any type of depression. It could be medical depression or it could just be there's some sort of a heavy cloud in your life. And it's oppressing you and it's pushing you down and it's, well, it's, it's like the clouds in the sky that prevent the sun from shining through. And in your life, in recent times, it's not been, there hasn't been many sunny days. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about natural weather. But there's not been many sunny days and it's been a long time since you, in the spiritual sense, have felt the sun shining through onto your face. I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to banish those clouds that are keeping that spiritual sunshine from coming into you. These rainy days, you've been having rainy days in your spiritual life, rainy days, cloudy days, cold days in your spiritual life. God wants to bring summertime back to you spiritually. Do you hear what I'm saying? If that's you, I just want you, where you are, just to lift your right hand to the Father. Where it is, right up there. If that's you, just lift your right hand to the Father and keep it up there. And the rest of us, we're going to seek the Lord according to his word and we're going to banish those clouds and we're going to speak God's summer days to come to you and God will come and shine again. You know what it's like when he's shined his face upon you and there's brightness and there's shining. It's, this isn't a thing of circumstance. This is a thing on the inside of your life. So with your right hand held right now, the rest of the people of God, I just want you to begin to pray. Begin to pray. I want you to speak to those clouds that are over the people here today with their hands high. And I want you to speak and I want you to banish them right where you are, right? You can pray to the Father, but I also want you to address and speak to the clouds in people's lives, the demonic clouds that are preventing God's light and God's warmth and God's favor to shine through because God's shining light is there. It's never changed. It's just these clouds have come in to prevent the light coming through. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, And according to the instructions of the Holy Spirit tonight, we speak to every cloud that is clouding the light and the warmth of the Master's Son in people's lives. We speak to depression. We speak to negativity. That is clouds in people's minds. Negative thoughts that are consuming you. Depression. Memories that still hurt, that are plaguing you and taking over your mind. Everything that can be a cloud. Fears. Clouds of fears. Clouds of negativity. Clouds of depression. Clouds of memories. Clouds that are in your mind preventing the light which is there to shine. And we, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, According to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we banish those clouds in the name of Jesus. We blow them away by the power of God's word. We say, clouds, lift off God's people in the name of Jesus. Lift off in the name of Jesus. We tell you to go. And may the wind of the Holy Spirit blow you away. Just like that. Holy Spirit, blow away the clouds in people's minds. Blow away the clouds in their... Breathe, Holy Spirit. 
You're the wind, Lord, and we pray you are a spiritual wind. And we pray that the wind of the Spirit would blow through your people tonight. And that you will blow away the clouds of darkness and heaviness in the name of Jesus. Deliver your people. Deliver them. Deliver them, Lord. Give them clear skies. Give them clear skies, Lord. Clear skies. Clarity of mind. No clouding. No mist. No darkness. There's only light that is in you, Lord. And we pray that you will shine your light into people's lives and delivering power. In the name of Jesus, we say it is done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we confess it and believe it. Amen. Please take your seats. <clears throat> Wonderful. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with them to Mark chapter 20? Sorry, Mark chapter 11, verse 20. We're going to speak about speaking to your mountains. Speaking to your mountains tonight. <clears throat> Mark chapter 11 and verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them and said, have the faith of God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his or her heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. This is a powerful passage. And um, Jesus had worked this miracle. The day before, he had passed a fig tree and he was looking for fruit and the fruit wasn't there. And he cursed the fig tree and then the next day, the fig tree had totally withered. And Peter said, look, look what happened. And Jesus said, you see this? You see what I've done? Well, you can do it too. It's interesting. We are sort of in this month and next month, although we minister according to how the Holy Spirit leads us, there is a creation theme in what we're speaking about at the 2.30 and the 7 and then at the 5 uh, next week. A creation theme. And the reason there's a creation theme is this. If I speak to you about the power of creation one Sunday evening, well, other people might not be here. And anyway, one sermon won't get a truth into your heart. How many of you know that? There comes a time where you have to visit and revisit over a period of time certain truths until they become part of who you are. Often in the ministry, the temptation is, well, I preached that theme last week. I need a new theme. Or I preached a sermon on that subject this week. I'll preach a sermon on another subject 
next week. And that's fine, except often people don't even remember what you preached last week. There are two important knowledges of God. Knowledge of God is in two forms. The knowledge of God as Redeemer and Saviour, one, and the knowledge of God as Creator. Most Christians, evangelical Christians, know very much God as their saviour from their sins, their redeemer, their healer. They understand God's redemptive, healing, restoring work in their life because we preach it all the time. However, not many evangelical believers understand the power of God as creator and how it affects their life on a daily basis. Of course, we believe that God is creator, but so what? God created the world and everything in it. Okay, well, what does that mean for me today? So in the series on the 2.30 and in some of these evenings, as well as teach, ministering as God leads us, we've been explaining that the power of God as creator is very important in your life today. And when the psalmists speak and praise God as creator, one minute they're praising God as creator, the next minute they're speaking about the human condition. Jesus uses illustrations in creation to speak into our present needs. He says, why are you worrying? Consider the lily and how God clothes it. Why are you worrying? Consider how God looks after the birds of creation. Why are you worrying? Not one sparrow falls to the ground without God's permission. You can't add one moment to your life. God is in control. And the psalmist will say, when I look at the works of your hands in Psalm 8, I look at the works of your, your fingers, their heavens, and the greatness of their heavens, and I think, what is man that you are mindful of him? God is all-powerful, and God is, in, is Lord of creation. And here we see a picture Jesus comes to a tree and he curses it. He has power over the created order. Not just power to forgive, power to walk on the water. Not just power to heal, but power to do creative miracles and turn five loaves and fishes into enough for 5,000 men and their families. Not just to speak a word of restoration, but power to raise from the dead. Not just a word of blessing on people's lives, but he can rebuke the storm and tell it to be silent. This is important. God is in control of everything, not just spiritual things, but physical things. There's nothing that isn't under his care and under his power and in his jurisdiction of operation. From the highest heavens to the smallest molecule, everything is under his care and his jurisdiction. Nothing happens by accident. And all the works that the devil does, and the worst that the devil can do, God can turn what the devil meant for harm to good. Does it again and again. The devil can't do anything except by God's permission. Why? Because the devil himself is a created being and he knows it. And he knows his time is short and there's nothing he can do about it because Jesus is Lord, Jesus is creator, and creation and everything in it and all its circumstances are under its power. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, you know, have the faith of God, it's there in verse 22. You know, you, 
you could, you can, if you know anything about Greek, I did three years of Greek at university. And if you look at the Greek here, sometimes in your versions it says, <clears throat> have faith in God. But actually, it reads, have God's faith, or have the faith of God. You say, well, what do you, well we're not God. Of course we're not God. We are created. We're not gods. But what are we? We are made in the image of God. Very important. The image of God. If we go back to Genesis chapter 1, where we see and God created. We see it again and again. Before he creates man in his own image, what is God doing and, and what is he like? Well, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and there was. God said, let the waters be in the heaven gathered together, and there was. God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and there was. God said, let there be lights in the expanse in the heavens, and there was. God said, let the waters swarm with the swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly across the earth, across the expanse of the heaven, and there was. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, and there was. And then finally, the tenth, God said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them and blessed them and commanded them be fruitful and multiply. Isn't that powerful? You're not not just one of the animals. You're not an evolved ape. Your forefathers were not fish in the sea that crawled out and got magic lungs. You were created in the image of God, far above the animal kingdom. Far above the animal kingdom. No animal is like God. You're like God because he made you in his image. Why is this important? Because we just saw... He wants us to rule with him over the created order. Now, in the beginning, Adam and Eve ruled perfectly. And creation was totally obedient. And whenever they went to a fig tree, the figs were hanging off, I'm telling you. Because in the Garden of Eden, when God created, everything was good. There was no curse in the earth. There was no work needed to till the earth. Everything was 100% fruitful in every way. I mean, the trees were dripping with fruit. Everything was producing. I mean, we talk about today, oh, we've had a good harvest or, or it's been a bad harvest. Even the best harvest in this fallen, cursed world could not touch the continuing harvest that was taking place. I mean, you drop a seed in the Garden of Eden before the fall, you drop a seed before you know it, it's sprouting. Because there was no resistance to fruitfulness and multiplication. And Adam and Eve ruled. Ruled perfectly and everything was obedient to them. Everything was obedient to them. They were God's king and queen on the earth. But then the fall happened and and we know that man not only fell but, but, but so did the world. And in this passage in creation... 
if you're to say to yourself, well, the image of God, what does that mean? In what way did he create man in his image? Well, if we stick to chapter one, what has God been doing? God has been speaking. He's been saying, let there be light, let there be animals, let there be fish. God was speaking his word. One of the most important aspects of human beings being made in the image of God is this, is that just as he speaks, so human beings can speak. No other animal has language. No other animal has speech. Sure, they can make noises and birds can sing and, and sometimes, you know, the noises that they make communicate something, but none of them can speak and communicate. That's what makes us, one of the major things that makes us different from the animals. That as God said, so we also can speak. God said in Jeremiah 23 verse 29, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that smashes a rock to pieces. God's word is power. Do you know that? I said at the 2.30 service that there is a a little rhyme that we have in English. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. In other words, if you're going to throw a stone at me, ouch, that hurt, I've got the bruise. If you're going to hit me with a stick, I can feel that, that's hurting me. But you can say whatever you want because your words have no power. That's that's the idea. It's totally wrong. If you read the Bible, that's totally wrong. In fact, it's more the opposite. Sticks and stones can never hurt me, but words can bless or destroy me. And God's word has got a hammer-like quality. In other words, when he speaks, his words take concrete form. I mean, let there be light, bang. Light was manifest. Let there be animals, bang. Let there be man, bang. And God's word in creation is so important because if he can speak the stars into existence, how about when he speaks a word into your life? You see, there's not one God that's creator with the power to speak over creation and then another God who speaks into spiritual areas of our life. It's the same God. That means that when God said, let there be creation and there was when he speaks into your life a word it's just as powerful just as powerful remember God is concerned with the great galaxies he's concerned with the great galaxies and he's equally concerned with the tiny microscopic cells he he loves the micro as well as the macro he doesn't get lost in his own universe Or he doesn't get sucked into some part of the galaxy and then forget what's going on in the other part of the galaxy. He is intimately involved in everything. And the power that we see in creation shows us that when God speaks a word into history, society, or an individual's life, it comes with the full force that brought creation to come to pass. God says in Isaiah 55 verse 10, That his word will not return to him void. But just as the rain rains and the snow snows, so when his word goes, it will 
accomplish what his word has been sent to do. Do you know, God only had to say once, let there be light. But do you know that, that one time he said it, that word is still echoing around the universe today. Let there be light, 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 light. And it's been echoing. Because it's the echo of God's word. The word that's spoken creates, but the echo keeps it created. Hebrews chapter 1 says, God upholds all things by the power of his word. If for one moment the echo of let there be light, light, light. If for one moment the echo stopped, the light would disintegrate. You hear what I'm saying? This is the creative word. When in Romans chapter 4, we find that God, the God of Abraham, and uh, Romans 4.17, I won't go into it, but just in case. Romans 4.17, God had spoken a word to Abraham. He said, Sarah will have a child. And you'll call him Isaac. It's the same God that said, let there be light, let there be creation, let there be seas, let there be, let there be, let there be. Is now saying, Abraham, let there be a child that will come in your wife's womb. You see, sometimes I just don't think we get the connection here. We're trying to believe God. God's spoken a word to you, yes? Or you believe in God's word and you're thinking, is it ever going to happen? Where is it? Is there power? How do I know it's going to take place? And you don't realize that the same God that created the, the universe has just spoken a word. Of course it's going to come to pass. Of course it's going to come to pass. And who was the God of Abraham in whose footsteps we walk, Romans 4 says. It says that Abraham believed God. If you were to say to Abraham, Abraham, can you just, I'm in a hurry. I know there's many attributes and characteristics of your God, but could you just sum up your God, the God of Abraham, could you sum it up with two, the two main characteristics? The two main characteristics of the God of Abraham. And it says, Abraham believed God who calls those things that are not as though they were calls those things, speaks those things that aren't as though they were. Not thinks those things that are not as though they were. God it did not, does not say, and God thought, let there be light, and there was. He had to give voice to the thought. Who calls, not thinks those things that are not as though they were, but speaks those things. There was no light. God said, let there be light. He called the thing that wasn't as though it was, and it manifest. <laughs> That's the God of Abraham, who calls those things that are not as though they were. There was no Isaac, but God called it as though it was. And then there was. Number one. And number two, and gives life to the dead. Resurrection power. Now let's return to this passage, having given you a little bit of creation background to that in Mark 11, because it's got a creation backdrop here. Have God's faith, says to Peter. The faith of God. What's the faith of God? The faith of God is when God calls those things that are not according to his will as though they were, and they come to pass. You see, 
Faith is never dealing with what's already manifest. Faith is never dealing with what's already there, what's already appeared, what's already manifest in your life. You know, if you have a car, you don't have to believe God for the same car. You've got it. You don't need faith for it. Faith is always about something that is not yet, but God's going to bring. And we live too much in the now. That's our problem. We live too much in the sensory world. We're like Thomas. If we can see it, I believe it. If I can taste it, if I can hear it, if I can smell it, if I can touch it, it's real. But God is calling us to go to a greater reality, the reality of faith. You see, faith, there's nothing real about faith, is there? Yes, God's faith is real. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. The substance, things not seen. Evidence, substance, it's real. My friend, when the Holy Spirit quickens God's promise in your life, it's as good as done. It's as good as done. When God speaks a word in your heart, it's as good as done. You just have to believe it. That's all. You just got to believe it. And so, have God's faith. God's faith. God's faith. Faith of God. To know what God wants. To know what he's promised. And then to call that thing that he's promised prophetically. To pray it to God. Back to God. And it will manifest in your life. Call those things that are not as though they were. Not call whatever you want. You know, not call whatever you want. Oh, yes. I see that Ferrari. I speak that Ferrari. What the, that's not God's faith. That's Satan's greed. Unless God says something to you. I'm going to give you a, far, a Ferrari. And I have purposes in it. Fine. So, you know, I'm not saying you can't have a Ferrari. But it better come from God or you'll just be messing around. God speaks it. God highlights it. Really, this is how it works. God plants his seed into your heart. The sower sows the seed. God's word and God's promises. And you know that God's seed has within it all the power to bring about what it promises. You see, you take an apple seed. You need the right environment for it. But you don't need anything more in that apple seed than the apple seed. Apple seed plus correct environment brings apple tree. Simple. It's all there in that tiny little seed, that big apple tree. It's in it, the power of the tree, the genetics of the tree. It's all there. Put it in the right soil, put it on a stony ground, nothing will happen. And so God is looking for soft hearts that he can place the seed of his word. If that seed goes into the right environment of a believing heart that is soft towards God and soft towards its fellow men, 
It's interesting, at the end of this passage, having said you can move mountains, it goes on to say, hey, whenever you stand praying, forgive. Forgive and God will make the path straight for you. What's he talking about? He's saying, make sure you've got a soft heart. Sometimes in the message of mountain moving faith, they've forgotten the importance of a forgiving soft heart. It becomes like a mechanical action and people start speaking to their mountains and yet they've got major issues in relationships with other people that they've fallen out with. Their hearts are hard to their fellow men and therefore it won't come to pass. So to crown this speaking to the mountain, your heart's got to be right. Because that's where the seed is going to germinate. But when that seed begins to germinate, the promise of God, the word of God, quickened by the Holy Spirit, placed into a softened heart, then as that seed germinates and bears fruit, how is it going to manifest? It's going to come out of your mouth. I like what Charles Capps says in his book. He says this, God's word that is conceived in your heart then formed by the tongue and spoken out by your own mouth becomes a spiritual force releasing the ability of God within you. I'll say that again. God's word that is conceived in your heart, then formed by your tongue and spoken out by your own mouth becomes a spiritual force releasing the ability of God within you. This isn't just speaking words. This is speaking words from a heart of faith. You hear what I'm saying? Um, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, will you be saved? No. No, not if that's alone. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will not be saved. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and raised from the dead and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You see? And the way that works for the greatest seed, the seed of the gospel, is the way that it works for everything else. That it comes out of your mouth in prayer. And so he speaks to Peter and says, have God's faith. Well, why will I have God's faith? Because you're his child. You're the image of God. And although you can't create the world, you're part of creation, you can create whatever God wants you to create. You can create a new future. You can create the person that God wants you to be. You can speak into situations. Whatever God puts in your heart, when you speak it, it'll be like God speaking it. Colin has a book on uh, prayer, and one of the things he says is that uh, one of the phrases that I think is very powerful is this God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth if it's in your heart. God is speaking through us. Have God's faith. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. You see the hearts there. But believes what he says, and will come to pass, it will be done for him. So, truly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, speaking's not enough. But if you don't doubt in your heart, it's a work of the Spirit. But believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. Now, this can be done by taking 
the situation to the Lord, but it also is done through speaking, commanding, prophesying, and ordering. When was the last time you spoke God's order into your life? When was the last time that you had a mountain of opposition or a mountain in your life that you know is not God's will? When was the last time you commanded? There's been times in my life where I've forgotten this principle, if I'm honest with you. You know, that's what we're human beings. I've forgotten this principle and I've got some mountain. I'm trying to sort this mountain, I'm praying about this mountain. And I'm trying to get rid of this mountain, getting other people to mountain. I'm worrying about the mountain and wondering about the mountain and doing this about the mountain, doing everything but speaking to the mountain. But there's been times in my life, time and time again, usually when everything else has failed, you then go and do what you meant to do in the first place. Everything else has failed. And in the end, you just start saying, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I speak to this situation. I know what God's will is. And I speak this, and I speak that, and I speak the other. And I speak over this situation of disorder. I speak order, the order of the kingdom of God. I speak God's lordship over this situation. I speak God's will, the will of God in heaven. May it come to pass. I command Satan to leave. I command this mountain to move. I command the will of God. And I have found that whenever I've got to that place and there's something going on in my heart and I have done that, the first thing that I have is peace. I mean, I've shifted stuff in the spirit like that that has taken months to manifest. But there's many times I've been there and I thought, I just did it. I've just done it. And my fear's gone, my worry's gone, my anxiety's gone. My, my prayer of anxiety, oh God, oh God, oh God, day after day. It's, just, it's not even f- prayer with faith, it's prayer with fear. Prayer with anxiety, prayer with worry. Going on and on and on and on. And then you come to this place where you believe in your heart, you know the will of God. And like God your Father, the Creator, you speak into this situation, divine order and the will of God. And when you do it, you feel it. You feel it. You may feel resistance for a while, but there comes a place where you know it's done. I mean, Jesus, he went to that tree. It was a model. He went to that tree and he went, where's the fig? There wasn't a fig. And he said, let no one ever eat from you again. And he didn't wait to see. He just walked away. Why? Because he spoke the creating power word over that thing. And so God wants us to speak out of our heart, with his spirit, into situations, divine order. Truly, I say to whoever speaks to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in his will, believe that you've received it. And it will be yours. Not believe that you will receive it. Believe that you have received it. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's all about getting to the place in your spirit where you've spoken it and you know it's going to come to pass. Or you've sprayed it and you know you've received it. Sometimes it takes a while 
to get your heart into the place that's ready to speak that word. And God does a work. You've got to go to the Lord. Meditate on his promises. Take it to the Lord. Say, God, help, help me. Help me deal with it. Give me the word for this situation. Lord, let this scripture drop into my heart. I'm meditating on it. Let it become seed. Let it germinate. Sometimes there's a work. God is working in you to bring you to that place. But when that place comes, the mountain leaves. Let's stand together. I'm going to speak a word over you. But before we do that, as we stand together, the greatest mountain that needs to be removed from your life is the mountain of sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of the power of God. And that sin separates us from God and attaches us to Satan. Is there a pianist in the house today or have they... Departed in peace. <laughs> sin ruins, sin kills, sin destroys. It is a mountain. But the Bible says if you believe in your heart tonight that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sin and rose again, you just have to speak it. Lord, I believe, forgive my sins. And that mountain of sin will be removed from your life. The greatest mountain in your way forever and ever. In prayer, if there's anybody here tonight, with it, let's just bow our heads in prayer. You're ready to speak to the mountain of sin that has kept you from God and your destiny. You're ready to say, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Upstairs and down, this is my time. You see, if you keep quiet, nothing will happen. But if you're ready to speak, I ask you to lift your hand right where you are. You're going to confess Jesus of Lord. Lift your hand if this is you. Hands, consolidators. Don't say any consolidators. Just over here. Just keep your hands lifted. Yes, in the middle. Up there in the balcony. Hands are being lifted. If you're a Christian, don't lift your hand. Put your hand down. But if you're come, becoming a Christian right now and you're saying, I want my sins forgiven, the mountain of Satan and sin, in the name of Jesus, you lift your hand right now and you are. I'm going to ask you to do something. Everybody that lifted their hand, I want you to come to the front. We're going to pray for you and bless you. Leave your seats where you are, upstairs and downstairs. If you came with a friend, they can come with you to the front. This is important. We're going to bless you. and I want you to come up in the balcony. Consolidators, bring them down you you're making a great powerful statement today the mountain of sin is going to leave and you're going to be free come to the front we'll wait for you upstairs we've all done this the rest of us we've done this we've spoken to the mountain that was sin and hell in our lives and we've said in the name of Jesus be gone I believe that Jesus has forgiven me and saved me Hallelujah. Let's welcome them as they begin to come. You're making a brave, bold step. A brave, bold step. Before God and man and the enemy, you're saying forgiveness is coming. They're coming from the balcony now. Come, come forward, help them.
What are the mountains in your life right now? Come on. Think to yourself, what are, what, are the, what are the mountains in your life, believer? The mountains inside you, the mountains outside you. It's time to speak the word. To get faith in our hearts. If there's no faith or you're struggling, go to the Lord. He'll give you the seed. He'll give you the spirit. Begin to speak. Is that everybody who's put their hands up? Father, we thank you for those that are here. That have spoken the word to the mountain. And that mountain is now gone. We pronounce over them by the authority of Jesus. Forgiveness of sins now and forever. Let your blessing be upon them. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for their lives and we join with them and pray, Father. And we speak a word to every other mountain in their lives that would seek to oppose God's plan. And we speak to those mountains and we say, be removed in the name of Jesus. Be removed. Hallelujah. Can I have the ministry team on the platform? If you've got a word, that is. If you don't have a word, you can stay there. But if you've got a word, ministry team, do come on the platform. We're going to give a gift to those of them, those of you that came forward right now. It's a New Testament. So we just want to pray with you about anything you need prayer. And then we're going to bring you back in. So um, consolidate us. If we can just take them away, give them that gift. Yep, that would be good. Let's encourage them again. In a few moments' time, we're going to open up the front and we're going to pray for you. I'm going to speak a word right now and then we're going to hear some quick words of knowledge. And then we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to open a time for ministry and maybe during that time, you're going to speak. You're going to get into that place where you speak, but let's do that right now. Father, you gave us this message today. It's a message in season. And Lord, you're saying to us, hey, you can speak to your mountains. It's a matter of the heart and then a matter of the mouth. Sometimes we are not vocal enough in our prayer life. So I speak a word of blessing over your life tonight. I speak a word of blessing and fruitfulness over your life tonight. And I also speak a word by the anointing of this house, this apostolic house, and on behalf of this apostolic house, I speak an apostolic word over your life tonight. And I speak to every mountain of demonic opposition, every circumstantial mountain that has placed itself in the path of God's will for your life, every mountain in your soul that holds you back and prevents you from becoming who God wants you to be. It's a mountain in your character path. And by the anointing of God, I pray, Father, that you will anoint these words and in the name of Jesus, you mountains that stand against the living God, you mountains that stand against the people of the living God made in his image, you mountains, I serve warning on you, be lifted up and cast out of people's lives, of people's hearts, of people's circumstances. Every mountain barrier on God's path for their destiny, we remove you 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We smash every mountain by the word of God's power. Be gone mountain in the name of Jesus. Be laid waste mountain in the name of Jesus. And we speak a new path, a highway of the Lord. Progress and breakthrough in people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We speak it and we believe it. Now just listen right where you are from, for some key words. Okay, um, there's a mother here whose daughter has been suffering with bullying, bullying at school and they're not happy with the, the response or the support from the school for the, for the bullying. Um, it wasn't your first choice for your daughter anyway and I believe you know, that you ought to reconsider uh, applying for the first school, the choice of the school of your first choice for your daughter. I believe it's your daughter who's been suffering with bullying. That's you. Uh, come and Beverly will pray with you for wisdom. Okay, this lady had um, stomach cramps, people suffering with stomach cramps. I'm saying it for her because her English isn't, she's not confident with English. And this, the first word, the other word she had was acidity, people suffering with acid reflux or acid stomach burns, that sort of thing. We pray for you. Anyone is um, anxious, the Lord said, be still and know that I am God, you know, and um, worry about anything. Do not worry about anything. Um, I've seen your struggles, I've heard your cry, move not to the left or to the right, but stay on the path I've assigned you. Next one. Say it again. Say it again slowly so we can receive it. doesn't matter if you're nervous. It's good. It's good. Let me just put this in the right place. Okay, I've seen your struggles. I've heard your cry. Move not to the right or to the left. But stay on the path I've assigned you. And um, there's another one to pray for accommodation and pray for joy and for provision. I believe that someone has been received, received a award a while back which um, they think is insignificant and they've refused um, to obey it and the Lord is saying that we should go back and obey that word because it might seem ins um, insignificant to you but it's uh, uh, um, a step to your breakthrough. I believe to the three people here tonight, one here in the front, one on the side and one in the back where they think like I'm not worth anything, I don't have any giftings, I don't have anything that just stands out, I'm not like not musically gifted, I can't dance, I can sing. And they see all those people and God is seeing the gem inside of them under the dirt that the world has put on them. And God is saying, just because you can't see it doesn't mean that I can see it. I can see the gift that I've placed in you. And as you draw near to me, I will help you to get rid of everything, the stuff that is um, preventing you from seeing the gift that, is, that I have placed inside of you. Wonderful, wonderful. What we're going to do, we are opening the front up for ministry. You can come for one of those words, or if you've got prayer for anything you need, don't go. We have prayer here for you. We're going to, if you need to leave right now, you're welcome to go at any time, but we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or so just worshipping the Lord, ministering to people with our ministry team here at the front. We've got time tonight, but if you need to go, God bless you. See you next week. Amen.